0: and we're diving into... Everybody say it like this. Say, some assembly required. Some assembly required. You ever bought something that says that? Anything from Ikea. Yep. <laughs> and it should say, lots of assembly required, probably not good outcome. Uh, <laughs> but... There's some assembly required. You know, life is a little puzzling sometimes. Who got a puzzle piece, by the way? There's some of you out there that have a puzzle piece. Don't worry. We're not going to make a shield wall this morning or any of that kind of stuff. But you do have a little bit of a participation to do. You know, when we look at life sometimes, we are puzzled by it because it's a puzzling thing. Who's ever looked at something and said, what, why, when, where, how? I do that with my children frequently. I'm just like, like that. Why, Jim? <laughs> No, like what, how, right? You ever you ever do that? You look at someone, what were you thinking? Or you look at something you did and say, what was I thinking? And then you realize you probably weren't. And you look and you're puzzled by all these things you see. I can tell you in my own personal life, that happens frequently, okay? Frequently. Uh, anybody that's laughing right now and like smiling, yeah, it's because I generally get down a path and realize that I do not plan. And that becomes a problem. If you're doing something like a float in a, in a booth and people come to you and say, what's the answer? I said, I do not plan, right? Y'all are all laughing because y'all all experienced that over the weekend. <laughs> That's why I went out of town, by the way. I was just like, I'm not dealing with these people. <laughs> you ever looked at it and said, this is not what I intended? This is not what I wanted out of this. Sometimes, I've done that frequently where I look at like a a job. When I owned my own company, I did that frequently. Like six months would go down the road and I look up and I'm like, this isn't what I wanted. I didn't start this business for this reason or for that reason. I started it. Originally, I started my business because I wanted to be able to have more time to serve the kingdom of God. That was actually why. And I did at first. And then I walked down a path not planning and not listening and then I was like, I was puzzled. Why am I here? What, why? That's kind of the premise behind a little bit of it. But then you find, usually, if you ever, ever wondered, we're going to answer a really big question today. The purpose of life. I've got the answer. It's really yeah, simple. Everybody's like, every, that's the number one question asked. You know that? What is the purpose of life? That's actually kind of what distinguishes us from like every other creature. I don't think any other creature in creation sits around and wonders, what's my purpose? They just keep eating and doing whatever they do and running around. And some of us wish, I wish I could be like that because then there's no worries or anything like that. I refer you to the Game of Thrones series for all of that. But there's a purpose to this. In Genesis, we're not going to turn there to this one, but I'm just going to, because this is three chapters long. This is your homework, so write it down, go home, and study it. But Genesis chapter 1 to Genesis chapter 3, those three chapters there tell us the purpose of life, the purpose of all creation. And a lot of us say, oh, yeah, yeah, but that's general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's so generally specific. Yeah, let that one rattle around your head for a minute. Generally specific, what? yeah. No, it's general, but it, yet yeah, it's so specific. When we look at Genesis, it says he creates everything, then he sets man in there. This is in chapter one, it talks about creating man, and then in chapter two, it kind of really gives us a little more detail about it. It creates man, and he creates man in this one place called the Garden of Eden. Again, I refer you to other series if you want to research all of that. Um, we do propaganda throughout our entire message, by the way. <laughs> Go back and research it. But we were created in this place called Eden. And if you research what Eden means, it means a spot for the moment where the presence of God is an open door because each letter has a meaning behind it. So Eden is a spot for the moment where the presence of God is an open door. And that's where we were created to be, was in that. In all of creation, you can see the purpose of life was simply what? Relationship. It was a relationship with God, primarily. And then there was this second relationship. You notice that the story of creation doesn't say... And God created Adam. And eh, nobody else ever existed. It was just the one. No talks about multiple people, actually. It talks about Adam and Eve specifically, and then we hear about their children. Then we hear about people in other cities. We hear about all these things, but primarily there was a first relationship that happened, which was between God and man, and that's why you were created. If you read in Genesis 1 through chapter 3, it talks about how God walked and talked with Adam until the fall of man happened. We won't really go into all of that side of it because we've got somewhere else to go, but this is the purpose of life. It's simple. Have a relationship with God, but yet, yeah, isn't that so complicated for us, because we go around not making our, our plans, or making our own plans, and forget these other plans and things. So there is a purpose, and that is the initial purpose, right then and there, is a the relationship with God. Now, the next piece of it is, you have a peace in that whole purpose, don't you? There's a peace in the purpose. Who has a peace? Each one of these pieces, hold them up so everybody else can see them. Each one of these pieces that these people have, I just passed them out randomly. So if you didn't randomly, so if you didn't get chosen, don't worry. It's just because I like them more. Um, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> I gave you the whole puzzle, Jim. So when you look at your piece, have you ever seen a puzzle piece? You can see some of them up here. Some of them are missing. Jim, can you step just to the side for a minute? You can see some different puzzle pieces. Step to the side. There we go. Okay. <laughs> so there's some pieces missing, right? And you've got pieces in your hand, and you can see the shape, and you can see portions of the purpose, can't you? There's one side that has a purpose. Mike, can I see your, your, your? Yeah. So see, here's Mike's. I just realized I gave you an M. That was inadvertent. Uh, <laughs> But here's Mike's piece, and we can see the purpose of this side of it, right? It's supposed to connect into something, and this side's supposed to receive something, and this side's supposed to receive something. So we can see bits of the purpose of it. We can even see that it's got a little bit of a, of a picture of it. This kind of represents your life. Who's ever looked at your life and said, well, I can see a little bit of my purpose. For instance, if you're a, a family, if you're a mother or a father, maybe the father has a purpose to provide. Maybe the mother has a purpose to care, or maybe it's flip-flopped with that. Whatever your purpose, you can say, "Ah, hey! Let's see the general outline, and most of us go through all of life, and that's all we ever find out is the general outline of what the purpose is. We don't really see the rest of it, and when we, when we look at it that way, here, you're going to have a back mic, because I'll end up taking off with it and forget I gave it to you. So when we look at it that way, your piece of it, in Ephesians 2.10, says, for you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, one says he's born anew. You're born anew. I like that when You're born anew. We use the term called born again sometimes. But there's that big word again that we've been looking at a lot. N-I-N. And that word means in relation of rest. So it says you're created. That puzzle piece, that, that carving out that you have, that you see, you were created as his workmanship. Workmanship is very different than just work. You know what I mean? When you talk about someone who's a craftsman, what does that mean? That means they've got a lot of skill behind what they do. For instance... I can build you something out of wood, like, say, that A. It may have looked more like an H when I finished with it, but I had a man named Jr. who's very skilled with a blade to cut these things. And he knows more about wood than I could ever hope to know, and he's he's a craftsman. He can look at things and say, well, now, Jared, that's not going to hold. It's going to fall. And I was like, yeah, it'll be good. And thank goodness, because he had some foresight. Maybe we hit a tree right? He was a craftsman. You were workmanship. You know, a craftsman has workmanship. They are the craftsmen, and then they do some work, and they do some things, and it creates a beautiful work of art. It creates something that someone else couldn't have done, and that's you, each and every one of us. We're a puzzle piece. We're a piece that we can see some of our outlines that God molded us and made us. There's other scriptures that talk about us being a potter, or we're the clay and he's the potter, right? And he molds and shapes us into what he needs. But there's a really big key thing to this, being a piece of the puzzle, right? So life is puzzling, and there's a purpose to it, to a relationship with God. That's the ultimate purpose. And then we can kind of look at it and say, well, we're a piece of this purpose, but we don't really know quite how we fit, where we fit, or anything like that. Proverbs 19.21 says it this way, and I like this one. It says, uh, this is in the New Living Translation, if you've ever read this one. And I like the way it says it. Um, you can use any version of the Bible that you so deem fit that helps you understand it. But this one in the New Living Translation says, Many plans do you make in your heart. This is in Proverbs 19.21. Many plans do you make in your heart. But the plan of God prevails, or stands. And I liked, there was two core things that that kind of spoke to me, which is number many plans, like plural, do you make, but the plan of God prevails or stands. The word prevails and stands means this right here, established. Again, we talked a lot about this word stand in the armor of God, the plan of God. I looked at it this way. Why are there plans and plan? Why is there plural for us and singular for God? It's easy because we make a plan or don't plan, <laughs> and it fails. So what do we do? We make a new plan. Or we're completely unsure about how that puzzle piece fits somewhere, so then we just keep making new plans and say, can I have your piece again, Mike? Did you work out this morning? You're going to now. Squats, squats. So see? And so Mike, I need you to step to the side, to the side real quick. That way. Step over there. <laughs> so Mike does this. You don't have to go off the stage. just right there. Mike does this and says, well, I make a plan. And it almost fits. It's getting really close, but okay, that didn't fit. So I'll make a new plan. And he keeps trying new plans to where he fits. But God says, no, 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 I know. So do you know where this piece goes? Because that's going to ruin my example if you don't. Uh, (laughs) But let's just imagine Jim is God. I'm sorry, Francis. Uh, Jim is God. Jim knows where the piece goes. He makes one plan. Don't mess up. He makes one plan and puts it in one place. goes right there. Nope. Flip it around. It's upside down. <laughs> <laughs> he makes a plan and he sticks it in one place. And sometimes you may feel like you're upside down. He's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. I'm the Holy Spirit interceding for the Father. <laughs> So then we have a piece. God, this is going to fall off. This was put together this morning, by the way, because I don't plan and came up with this idea pretty quickly. (laughs) So he puts it in there and says, boom, that's his plan. You don't get your piece back, Mike. Boom, it goes in there. That's his plan. He knew where it went. Mike could sit here and go, if this piece, can I tell you a little story about a man named Jeb? No, I'm going to tell you a little story real quick. I had this brilliant idea, but no plan. And my brilliant idea was I took the word real. You can keep going, paint that piece in there, whatever you want to do. I took the word real. Have y'all seen it? It's on our Facebook thing. It's a black background and it says real and it's made up of a bunch of collage of pictures of people. Isn't it cool? I was like, whoa! This was like a year ago. And I printed it out as a puzzle from Shutterfly or whatever that place is. When I got it in, I realized, because I didn't plan, and my plan failed. It's all black except for one little piece. There is no distinguishing factor as to which piece is what because it's just solid black except for this little bitty area that says real. And here we were a year later on my kitchen table and I had half of the outline done, a little bit of the R, and it was a thousand pieces, guys. And my wife said, Your plans have failed, but I know the plan of God. And she threw it away because there was no way we were ever going to finish it. We spent hours on this thing. Ron came over. I told people watching my kids, do the puzzle. (laughs) Twelve months later, we couldn't put that thing together. I want you to hear that a little bit in the spirit, though. Twelve months later in your life with your own plans, you couldn't put it together because you need something to interfere and to shift your plans to something better, something different for that relationship to happen. Now, Jeremiah says it this way. We think we have plans. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts I have towards you, thoughts of good, not evil. This is his plan for your life. You have plans that you think are good, but his ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. They're actually higher. They're actually better. So in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, 11, it's telling us, Here's the plan of God. It's a good plan. It's not evil. So don't worry about that piece. He knows where you fit in this grand puzzle of life. He knows where you fit. you got a piece to play here. But let's look at his plan and his purpose, not our own. Now, that's not giving you excuse to be like me and not plan anything. But otherwise, you'll be walking around with pieces of the puzzle or your piece of the puzzle. I don't even know where it fits. Who else has got a couple pieces, by the way? We've got, if you've got a piece, stand up and, and come right here real quick. So this is kind of life. We've got our little piece to the puzzle, and we come together every once in a while. Maybe you're hanging out at your house, yeah? Maybe you're here at church. Yeah, maybe you're at work. Can y'all figure out where your pieces fit? Because we've got like a clump right here. It looks like it's a H and an E. Someone's got like a part of an H and an E. They do also have... Y'all are, y'all are cheating the system, man. Yeah, who has B2? Bingo! Now, y'all ruined my example, but okay. So we've got these two pieces, and they came together maybe and said, hey, do we fit? And eh, not, not quite like that, and not quite like that. I don't even know, it, but this is a simple puzzle. It's like for five-year-olds, and I can't even do it. And, and then we take it, and Jim, will you put the, you want me? I'll put it in there for you. And we, we put it in there, like this right here. Boom! Now, I want you all to notice something. This is a big example. I like examples, so you all follow? We're not just putting a puzzle together because I needed to take up time. This is spiritual, so the whole time you're seeing this, think spiritual. What happened? They came together. Whose two pieces were those? Scotty Bob and Kathy, let's come over here. They came together, and they put their puzzle pieces together, and they knew how they fit, Right? Maybe, for instance, it was in your marriage, and y'all two found how you fit together. But then you don't know where you two fit, right? I should have gave some to, to a couple. I didn't think about that until just now. <laughs> but maybe you fit together, but they still didn't know where they fit in the whole picture of things, right? It took something to happen. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but it took something to happen. We had to do something very specific that we're going to talk about in a minute. And then it got placed in the right piece. And it says, oh, okay, there it is. And then maybe we have, who, who are the rest of these? we got a, pretty big clump. we got three, so three of you have the answer to this. If you have J or something like that on the back, you're going to be closer to the end. Alone. You're alone. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I got a so what happens here? <laughs> what are we doing, by the way? Right now, what are we doing? We have, no <laughs> we have no idea, but yet one of us does, sort of. I'm not exactly like God, but I'm doing something. They're handing it to me, and they found the answer to something. There's a key on the back of these things. It actually tells you where it goes. It says I3, or L3. It could be lowercase or uppercase. I don't know. And that actually tells us, because this is a matrix, it goes A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. I think it starts at, stops at J. And then it goes 1 through 7. So there's a key on the back of these things. Your purpose in life, sometimes there's a key to figure out where you fit in the thing. And I'm about to share with you the key. Are you ready? Okay, so they give all the pieces. And I'm going to use Uncle Randy just because I can pick on my family. All the rest of you all can sit down. I need Uncle Randy. Can you step right here, Uncle Randy? I picked on him last time, too. That's because I know he he loves me, I think, right? (laughs) So what piece are you real quick? (laughs) (laughs) So he's putting it in there. Oh, great. we put those two pieces, but keep your piece. Don't put your piece in. You were not alone. <laughs> so, check this out. You got your piece to the puzzle. And you join together with someone to try to figure out exactly how you fit together. And you're trying to say, "Well, I've got these plans, and they're not working out, but there's a plan, and we're kind of figuring out that it's a good plan, and maybe we should follow this plan, and maybe we should figure out how we all fit together as one big, nice puzzle piece. But there's this big thing that happens: we get puzzled. Isn't that an interesting thought? Like, we get puzzled. We get confused. And we say this: I don't understand. Who's ever said that? I don't understand. I um, have done lots of different jobs in life, and and whenever I get there, I always have to say, wait, wait, wait. I don't understand what you're talking about. In my current job, what they tend to do is they throw out acronyms like crazy. Now, I was in the technology field before, and technology uses a lot of acronyms, okay? So I thought, yeah, I get the concept, right? Real is an acronym, right? But in this company, they throw out so many acronyms, and they're just like a two-letter acronym. AP. English? I don't know. Like, What, could that, what does that mean? And then they go, uh, FP. PF. I'm like, these are the same letters. Do y'all know the rest of the alphabet? And I have to say, wait, I don't understand what you just said. Because they say, no, it's an AT custom with a PT, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, huh? And then, I, I literally have my little dictionary that I'm writing. I'm like, AP means this. Okay, now I'm starting to understand the key to this thing. but, we go around and we say, I don't understand. And I, I got this definition of understand to this morning. Actually, it was just this morning. Even, it wasn't even in my study time over the week. This morning, I wrote down the word understand. And because I just looked earlier at the, the word where it says the plan of God will prevail or stand is, a, is the, in the King James Version. It says it will stand. It will be established. I was like, understand. Under means like submission. I mean, to be underneath something, right? If you're underneath an umbrella, you're underneath protection, Right? So I was like, understand, I don't understand, I don't submit myself to the accomplishment that God has, I need to understand, I need to bring myself under the plan and the purpose that is established that God has had for me. I was just like, oh, understand. I don't understand. But we have a way to understand. It's called the Spirit of God. It is allowed to interact with us on a daily basis to help us understand what the plan and purpose of God is. But there's this really key individual piece of this whole thing, which is in 1 Corinthians 12.12. 12. 1 Corinthians 12.12. 12. I'm going to get to you in just a second, Uncle Randy. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 12.12 12 talks about how there's one body of Christ. One with many pieces, many members, right? I have 10 fingers, I have two arms, I've got two elbows, I've got two legs, I've got 11 toes, I mean 10 toes, and right? I've got pieces. But And then it talks about how, so, does the, the left hand say to the right that you're not needed? Does, does the foot say to the hand you're not needed, right? Because when I'm walking, I don't need my hands. When I'm talking, I have to have them. Otherwise, I can't speak to you very clearly. This, you get more out of these than you do this. <laughs> I, at least I think you do because I do this all the time. <laughs> but it says that we're all members of this thing called the body of Christ. We're all a piece, just like this puzzle. And when I say all, by the way, I'm not just referring to this church. I'm not referring to the church down the street. I'm referring to every church, to every person, whether they're currently a believer or not. Remember how we talked about in the the Game of Thrones, you're not the enemy. They're all a piece and a member of this body. And each one is so delicately placed and crafted as to where it needs to be. But the issue is, is we don't do this one thing that's super key, which is this right here. Uncle Randy, if you can stand right here for me. Let's imagine this is you. Not yet. Let's imagine this is you. And this is God, okay? I'm invisible. I don't exist. There's this real key thing that has to happen for the plan and the purpose and all this stuff to work. And it's something called surrender. Because he has this piece in his own hand right now. Remember, that represents your life. He's got it in his own hand right now. And he can sit here. Now, we've put together the rest of the puzzle, so it should be fairly obvious where it goes. But sometimes we say, well, I don't want to go there. I don't like it. Because whenever I was asked to do this, I said, I don't like it. If you're wondering if it's God, if you really will enjoy it, you're probably not God. (laughs) That's my experience of life. It's like, I don't like it. I don't want it. And then... Interesting, as you keep doing it's like, whoa, now I really enjoy this. It's, like, it's, it's kind of like a good new pair of shoes like we talked about, right? But you have to surrender this thing because he can come and take it and try to place it somewhere else in the puzzle. He could take out other people and say, no, I want to be A1. I think that is my key to success. And rip someone else out of their place and say, I try to fit here. He can even take some scissors. Whoa. kind of felt like a dance move in a minute. So he could do that, right? Or he can do something and surrender the peace. Now, hand it to to Brother Jim there. And surrender it to God. But there's a key thing that has to happen right here. He had to let go. I was going to make them fight over the puzzle, but since I almost tripped over that, I think they may. But they could fight over this puzzle piece. I took it from you. I'm a better God than you. Uh, (laughs) We could fight over this, Right? We could tear it apart because you're not willing to let go. The good thing is, is that God's not going to fight with you like that. He's going to say, will, will you? And then you start to take it out. He's like, please, please. Do. Oh, okay, fine. You can have it. I'm going to have to give it back to you. I gave you a choice. But when you surrender it, you willingly give it. Now you can place it where it goes. You can go sit down now. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Well, I gotta show him where it goes." <laughs> Some of you try to do that with God. You say, "I show you where it goes, God. I know what I'm supposed to do." <laughs> uh, give all of our, our volunteers a hand. I told them this morning, by the way, because I I totally walked up to each one. I was like, "Hold the puzzle piece." They're like, "Why?" Uh, they're scared. They're like, "What's Jared going to do?" <laughs> no, but what? You have that piece. You have to surrender it, right? You have to surrender it, and that's what 1 Corinthians twelve twelve tries to show us, that we're all a peace, but you have to surrender what peace you are to it. And in Ephesians 4, 15, it talks about how we're all joined together in Christ, bonded together in Christ, right? And in Hebrews 10, 25, I need you to read 1 through 24. I'm shouting off some verses to you so you can write them down, or you can rewatch this back on the, on the app. But in Hebrews ten twenty five, it tries to show us something huge. This one says, Do not forsake the assembly together. The word assemble means to bond together. Now, again, we talked about the shields up portion of it weeks and weeks ago. Again, I refer you back to that, where we were saying we've got to bond together and bond our faith together. But it's the same thing in Hebrews 10. It tells us don't forsake that assembly because in your life there's some assembly required. Some. Assembly is required between you and other people and you assembling yourself to God and surrendering it and saying, okay, I'll let you do what you want to do. Now, a lot of us say, yeah, yeah, we totally need to do that. Until Monday morning comes and God asks something of you that's not so comfortable, that you don't like, that you don't want to do, or that you feel like is not logical. Let me tell you, God rarely asks the logical of you. He rarely asks something that you could do in the natural, because if you could, it wouldn't be supernatural, super, above, beyond. That's why we call them superheroes. They're not just a hero. They're above and beyond it all. So he says he's not going to ask you to do something like that. He's going to say, you got to give it to me, and let me help you assemble this thing you call life. See, because you can't forsake the assembly. Uh, uh, let Let me phrase it this way real quick. Can you have a relationship with God without church? Of course. Absolutely, Positively you can you very well should matter of fact if this is your relationship with god and it's two hours on a sunday morning um that would be like my wife and i saying hey i saw you sunday bye felicia and going somewhere and not seeing her all week long not talking to her all week long how good of a relationship would that really be not so good one probably wouldn't even call it a relationship but so can you have a relationship outside of church yes you should but there's this other piece of a relationship that comes, which is assembly together. Now, assembly, y'all are all jumping to the one and the big one, which is church, right? It's a big part of an assembly. We, I mean, matter of fact, there's the assemblies of God, right? I mean, that's a beautiful name if you think about it. They're the assembly of God. They are the people being put together in the sense that God, that's what the intent behind it is. That's where the name came from. So that's amazing. There's some assembly required, but I'm going to challenge you a little bit. Church is not the only assembly, your family is an assembly. It is assembled together by God, joined together, whether you're married, whether you're dating, whatever. You're, dating is basically like, do these puzzle pieces fit? Yes, no, maybe so. That, that's all it is. And when you start to join together, you create a family. We even call it a family unit. That's also what they call people in the army, they're units, right? And you get bonded together. Family is an assembly. Friends, that's an assembly. Work, that's an assembly. Your place there, that piece in work where you're at, that piece in school if you're in school, that piece in your family. You're the only one that can fit there. You're the only one. You have multiple assemblies, churches and assembly. Each one of these bonds together are pieces of your puzzle to see where you fit. So don't think of it as, well, church is the assembly. He's just trying to get us to come to church more often because, you know, I see about 10 people that aren't here this morning. You know, and I know that they're, they really feel fine. They're just, they're just at home and he's preaching right to them. I'm going to forward this to them on Facebook. <laughs> no! <laughs> You can do that, but <laughs> but why? Why is it so important? We, we do that and we say, no, no, no. this isn't the only assembly. This is a piece of it. Yes, it's a very important piece of it. But you've got to take it and say, okay, how do I have this relationship with God outside of it? Are you done painting? Okay, you can go sit down if you're done painting. You can sit down if you're done painting. Oh, okay, well then keep painting. <laughs> so we have these different assemblies in our lives. But all of it, only, you can under only understand it when you... Surrender the peace and say, all right, where would you have it? You know, surrendering is an interesting thing. Most of the time we think of it in this day and age as like if the police come to your house and they say, come out with your hands up. I hope you haven't had to have this scenario in your life. But um, if you ever have, um, I'll pray for you more. Uh, no, right, come out with your hands up. Now, when I think of surrender, though, I love war movies, guys. I love them. And surrendering was a thing that you took any weapon, anything you had, and you usually dropped it on the ground and said, hey, look, look at my hands. I don't know what to do with them. No. I said, look at my hands. I'm not going to do anything. It's all yours. Just, just I'm, I'm fine. Another thing they would do is they'd do this right here. they say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you something. This is, I'm a, I'm a war, war veteran right now, right? I'm in, I'm in war. I'm surrendering to the enemy. I'm saying, But Then they usually look, get on your... Get on your knees. Why? What does this do? This enacts accident, I'm not going to do anything with my hands. This says I'm not running anywhere. This is also submitting. That's why knights would do it. They would kneel down. Interesting. Why does the man have to kneel to the woman? No. <laughs> I'm kidding, guys. The Bible says submit yourselves one to another, okay? God, now get all serious on me. Why? You're surrendering to it. That is surrender. Surrender is completely saying, everything that I have, I am every piece of it. I'm not going to do anything unless you say. I'm not going to move unless you say. I'm not going to do anything unless you say. That's, that's complete, everything in me. But There's a word for this, by the way, in our English language. It's a word we don't use very often. And this word, some of you already know it, some of you may not. It's a word called ardent. That word ardent means complete, wholehearted, passionate, with a fiery burning, completely surrendered. Everything about you is, is involved in this thing. We even, we even say it sometimes when you talk about worship. They say, oh, it's ardent worship. Or they're an ardent, ardent artist is a little hard to say. Or an ardent baseball fan, right? What does that mean? Like they, they just eat, live, breathe, sleep. They love it. They're surrendered to it. They don't miss a cowboy game. One, I couldn't even tell you when they played, right? Ardent. It's passionate. It's wholehearted. It's fervent. But that's what surrender is, to hand over, whole, complete, and hand it over to what it is. John 3.30 tells us this the best, what? He must increase, but I must decrease. The last thing I want to point out to you here this morning is with your puzzle piece. Like I said, this is part one of a two-part. Thank you, Brother Jim, for making us a, a picture here. When we look at it and we say, he must increase, I must decrease, I surrender it all, ardently, everything. I don't move unless he says move. I take that piece that I was confused by, all the plans that I had made, and say, all right, God, I'm not moving unless you tell me to move. And I'm not going anywhere unless you tell me. And I will go if you tell me to go. And I won't stop till you tell me to stop. I'm going to keep going forward with it. I'm going to surrender it. And when we do that, when we assemble ourselves together like this, we begin to see what the rest of the picture paints.